1: and it's been more fun than I can explain. I mean, deliverance is fun because I love to see the devil on the run. And and I... I, I say that this pleases the heart of God more than anything. I mean, honestly, this is he died on the cross and shed his blood and defeated the powers of darkness and the principalities, and he defeated them, disarmed them, and stripped them of any ability to to harm you. Uh, and and so he's full of trickery. He tries to convince you otherwise, but we execute what Jesus did at the cross. And so all of you have that ability. But before I get started on some of the deliverance part, the Holy Spirit led me to talk to you about this. And I feel like he's wanting to get something across to us in this day and time because we're under so much pressure. We're under so much confusion right. and fear and war and this and that. And a lot of things are uh, uh, up in the air about finances and, and our economy and this and that. There's just so many things to think about, and it can weigh you down right. and take you out, really. Yeah. It could. Right. Well, no, that's not going to happen. No. Okay? No. But this is the one thing that Jesus spoke to me, and I wasn't even expecting this. It's one phrase out of one scripture, and it's Philippians 3.10, where he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This is the heart of God for you and me, that we would know him, that we would not just know about him, but we would really come to know him in an intimate way. Wow. And the power of his resurrection. The, res- the resurrection power of God is he's given that to us to experience. So knowing God like this is really an experience. It's not just something that you come into a service and, and feel. This is an everyday life experience that he has uh, wants us to to have and enter into so it's a daily and the king it's basically living in the kingdom of God yeah. Amen. it's living in his kingdom and uh, in real time yes. so it's not just the kingdom of God is coming in the future the kingdom of God is here yes. now yes. okay Amen. And we are to learn and commit ourselves to live in that. And I'm going to show you how to do it. Some, some tips. Okay. <laughs> the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is a description of the kingdom of God. Wow. Right living. Cool. Peace. Do you need peace? You want peace? He's given it to you. Yeah. And joy. You need joy? Yeah, we do. He's given it to us. This is where joy unspeakable and full of glory becomes manifest in your life. And uh, so his, in his presence, it says in Psalms, is fullness of joy. Yeah. So we want to understand about the importance of living in his presence, yeah. of what that means. I know there's a lot of great teachers out there that talk about this, but I'm going to talk to you about it myself because I've had to walk through this. Yeah. And I've learned so much and I get to share it now. So we are realizing, and I'm going to share with you, that living in his presence is not just a doing thing. This is an invitation by him to come and be with him and learn how to be still and know that he is God. We have to learn this. We have to do this because otherwise the devil will wear you out. And don't you think that he will figure it out how to do that with you because he knows you. He knows how to do that with you. So we're going to be alert and sober, and we're going to understand the schemes of the devil, okay? So we're going to draw near to him, and we're going to learn to be quiet and learn how to listen to him. This is real fellowship and friendship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person that loves you. That wants to put his arms around you, so to speak. And and he's he's so so multidimensional if in the description of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to get to know him. But in but this is the important thing he wanted me to share with you. He enjoys your company. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. There was one minister who I was very influence, influenced by, who really has a, a deep understanding of this, and I would listen to his stories. But there was one story that literally brought tears to my eyes, and I like to share it with other people. He was with—he was upstairs in his bedroom, and he was—he was busy uh, praying and and worshiping God and just spending time with Him, and he heard a voice in the other room say, okay, come on, dinner's ready. Come, it's time to have dinner. Come in and uh, everything's ready to go. And as he was getting ready to get up, he heard the Holy Spirit say to him, can you not just spend a little bit more time with me? That impacted me so much. This is something that you should hear here tonight. Can you not spend more time with me? That comes from his heart to yours. This is an invitation. This is not a a command of, of duty. This is an invitation to enjoy time with him. And all the benefits of that, this is where you get downloads. This is where you learn how to... How to grow and he expands you and he fills you and he and he just shows his love to you. I don't even know how to explain all of it, but let me go forward. So it's not always about asking the Holy Spirit for what we need. But it's time spent with him each day, and you learn how to recognize him. You learn how to be in tune with him. You learn how to become sensitive. This is where I think, if I can say it like this, when you're growing in the learning of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you become very sensitive to what he's doing. And you learn how to move with him. You learn how to move with him. This is a powerful place to be. This is how you learn how to move in the Holy Ghost. This is a movement. This is an expression of who he is and what he does, and it is powerful. And we can have that in the gifts of the Spirit. But we have to learn how to to hear him and be sensitive to him. It's just like any other person that you love. You spend time with them, you get to know them. You you understand the nuances of who they are and what they're like and what they what they need. And that intimacy is what the Holy Spirit wants with you. He's not going to demand it. He's not going to be it's not a religious thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a fellowship. And believe me, the things that you learn in a time like so much easier. You love people. You start to love people. You start to feel his love. His love uh, flows through you all of a sudden. And all of the things of the world, as the song would say, grow strangely dim. It's precious. So let me go on. The Holy Spirit's been given to us by Jesus as a gift. He's the one given to us that brings everything that Jesus did. He brings it right to us. He brings everything that Jesus has done for us at the cross. When he died and rose again, he brings it right to you. John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the Lord cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you. And will be in you. That is a description of an intimate relationship. And I love that word. You will know him and the power of his resurrection. God wants us to learn to live in his presence at all times. Great men of faith learned this. And you can read about them, and it's inspiring. And it doesn't mean that you're just disconnected from the rest of the world. No, but you can take that special time each day, give that to him. It's kind of like a tithe. You give a tithe of yourself. God, I'm giving myself to you today because I just love being with you, Lord. I want to know you. I want to hear what you have to say to me. I want you to open my ears that I can hear you, that I can be sensitive to you, and and that we can enjoy life together. Isn't that amazing? When you get married to somebody, you want to enjoy life together. You become one with them. You are one with God, and make a choice. God, I'm going to enjoy life with you. Is that okay I said that? Yeah. <laughs> I was reminded of this just recently about four or five years ago. I had a test that came my way. I've had many tests, and I know they're not all fun, but they always have a good outcome when you're with God, right? I, my best girlfriend that I grew up with, I grew up in Escondido, uh, and I, from the time we were in junior high, we were best friends. She was like a sister to me. I didn't have a biological sister and we did everything together. And then we were separate for a few years living in different states. Came back together here. Our kids were born around the same time and our families knew each other. She just and she was so such a fun girl. I just loved being with her. And what happened was she got married. Okay, well, that was fine, because I went to high school with him, too. Oh, well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, what happened was, they decided to move out of the state of California and move to Arizona. And all of a sudden, I'm being told, hey, we bought some property near uh, Prescott, Arizona, and we're moving. And I'm telling you, I was devastated. I was so hurt over the loss of this, because I've had a lot of loss in my life at various times, and it's never easy. And I just thought, I don't want to face this again. And I said, God, I do not know how to handle this one. I don't. I don't know how to handle this one. He said, Pam, all you have to do is step into the secret place with me. Well, that was something new.
0: (laughs) I thought that was a title of a
1: book. (laughs) It, which it is, but I didn't read. But I didn't read the book. I'm not a big book reader, so forgive me. But, but anyway, what happened was I said, okay, Lord, I don't know any other way to do this, but I'm stepping in by faith right now into the secret place. I stepped just like that. I instantly felt his presence. All he was wanting from me was a willingness to step in and agree with them. This is the simple life of Christianity. By faith, we receive, we step in, we walk in by faith. We don't have to get all religious and make it all hard. See, the devil wants to be religious. He likes to make things hard. Well, I I don't like that. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I like to keep it simple. John 17, verse 3. Now, this is eternal life that that they may know you, the only true supreme and sovereign God, and in the same manner know Jesus Christ in whom you have sent. The word know here means a deep sense of knowing as in an intimate relationship. So this is actually deeply in, in the Bible, in the Bible scriptures the knowing, the, the intimacy of that relationship that we're to have with him. And you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice to do this, to take time. And you have to be deliberate about it. But you know that you're pleasing God when you do. You have to be filled with the Spirit every day. Let me talk to you about resurrection power. In Acts 1, 8, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. You shall receive power that came after he was raised from the dead he was releasing resurrection power to his people his followers at that time so we're living in the kingdom of God and in his power we learn how to give thanksgiving and praise to him every day even in the midst of trouble that's a test whenever you're hurting whenever things aren't going your well start worshiping and praising him and just like I said, the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. That's, okay, what does the Holy Spirit do for you and in you? He reveals Jesus to you. He helps you. He gives you strength. He gives you wisdom. He reveals solutions to problems. He is an excellent businessman. For real. He gives us peace. He gives us knowledge and understanding. He brings increase. He comforts us. He encourages us. He guides us through the dark places and the difficult places. He reveals the love of your heavenly father. So many people have not known the love of a father or maybe a mother. The Holy Spirit is there to reveal that love to you that is incomparable to what any human can give you. He gives you joy. He reveals his purpose. He reveals your destiny. He anoints you. He empowers your ministry. He empowers you to heal the sick and be healed of all sickness and disease. He has empowered you over all devils. I'm telling you, the best way to confront devils is in the power of the Holy Spirit that's where the that's where the, the 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 collision takes place of the two uh, the spirit of darkness and the spirit the kingdom of god and the kingdom of darkness when you are operating in the spirit of god when you minister deliverance you're confronting that demon in the anointing and the power of the holy spirit and there's just no uh, comparison you you are the one that wins okay He empowers us. He empowers the church. He empowers us with signs, wonders, and miracles. And he lifts you up when you have fallen down. So what about the power of the resurrection? The Holy Spirit is he who raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, is that a fact? Yeah. Yes, right? He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through the spirit that dwells in you. That is the best healing scripture I can think of. The spirit of life, the spirit of resurrection lives in you. Think about it. You, you've got to learn how to carry this forward into into your purpose into your life not it doesn't have to always be just your ministry it's your everyday life it's in your family it's in, it's in your business. He is the spirit of life that knows he knows everything and you know we have to learn how to tap into that everything and he'll show you he's a revelator. He has come to live in you and fill you with life overflowing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers you with gifts in doing the work of the ministry. The power of God in our lives is absolutely essential to live out God's plan of victory. This means we have his power as well as his authority that Jesus gave us to live in the supernatural victory of the cross. I am emphasizing the word supernatural. He is your. He is. Uh, he, he is his super up on your natural. Yeah, yeah. This. This is. I'm going to tell it right now because we're in the midst of it. This is the spirit of revival. Yes. We are in the spirit of revival. If the spirit of If the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and all of you would tell me that, we are in the spirit of revival. This is amazing. There is nothing that can come against his power that can defeat him. So we want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that means that we have signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what Jesus did. And I, I've said this before, and I mean this sincerely. I think in miracles. I, I just think this way. And I see it all the time. I, I, there's not a time that I don't see God's miracles at work. And I look for it, and, and, I, and I, it's almost like going on an adventure with him. Yeah. You, you, you can have that mindset. You can have let that mind be in you. Yeah. Oh, we can live in the Spirit and by his presence, by the Holy Spirit. So I, I want you to make a decision tonight after, after you go home tonight, and even tonight as you're receiving prayer and ministry, I want you to make a decision that you're going to draw near and start spending time with the Holy Spirit and paying attention to him and letting him move in your life, feel you, letting him talk to you, letting him help you through things. You've got to learn his way of communication and you can't do it by being busy all the time. Okay. So we're to draw close with him, speaking to him, learning how to speak to him, praising him, worshiping him, giving him the time to fellowship and reveal what he wants to say to you. Let me just give you a a little um, tip here. Every morning, or most every morning, I say, Jesus, I'm asking you that you fill me with the Holy Spirit, that you let me see what you're seeing, and let me hear what you are saying. That's a simple, easy prayer. And he answers it. Do you not think he wants to give that to you? Yes, he does. He's so wonderful. You can tell I really love him. So what is, what hinders a life like this? What can hinder this? I am now going to use the term that I want you to tuck away. And maybe it's a good sermon, Pastor John. You can use this title if you want. It's It's called Zero Tolerance. We are going to have zero tolerance concerning anything that's going to come between you and the fellowship, and your relationship with God. You're going to have zero tolerance of anything he, the enemy throws at you, that you that's going to try to hold you down, push you back, hold you back, push you down, torment you. We're going to have zero tolerance. Okay, let me give you an example. Right now, we're kind of in a war here. War is going on. There is kind of a zero tolerance attitude about those that are rising up to afflict uh, people, to kill people, to destroy things. There's a zero tolerance to that. And most of us can see that easily. I want you to see that for yourself. This is an enemy that is not uh, for you. He is for what God, he is, he is not for you, he's against you, but he is for what what his the enemy wants to hold you back and, and steal from you. He wants to steal your destiny, he wants to steal your future, he wants to steal your kids, he wants to steal your your ability to hold yourself together, and it doesn't matter, he's a thief. And he's a predator. So here's some things that I want you to pay attention to that, that can, that can come between you and what I've been describing to you. I'm going to just read them off. Okay. Do you have a mind that's set on the flesh and the world? Do you suffer from a lack of prayer, a prayerlessness, and you just can't seem to get, uh, get it right. You can't seem to make, have the time it, something always interferes and interrupts and and, and you're just overwhelmed, and so you just don't pray that much. Difficulty or unable to read the Bible. Confusion in your mind. Unclean thoughts. This is where torments take place in your mind. Yeah. Living in the wounds of the past. Yeah. This is pretty common. Yeah. Uh, having trauma or abuse in your life. Having fear, worry, or anxiety. Having wounds of rejection. Letting old hurts overpower you. Word curses that have been spoken over you or against you. Not forgiving those who have hurt you or disappointed you. Having bitterness. Keeping unhealthy attachments and associations. You got to choose your friends wisely. Depression. Being prideful and self-centered. That's a relationship killer right there. And this deserves your attention. It deserves one more step. It deserves your repentance. Because God can give you a better way than just trying to hold on and always be right. Addiction to drugs or alcohol, occult practices. Let me list some. Divination, which is horoscopes, tarot cards, readings, Eastern mystical practices and meditations like yoga, kundalini, white or black magic. Uh, there's a lot of that I could add to that list. Freemasonry in the family line. And there's a reason for that, and the ministry team could explain that too. Control and domination over others. Do you always have to be in control? Do you always have to be the last word? You always have to be right do you are you overbearing uh, and aggressive and angry a lot generational curses this is a big one too every one of these things I've listed to you and I I might have missed some but uh for further study you can kind of look into yourself and see what God is telling you every one of these things I've listed have demons attached to them They will keep you bound and tormented and keep that energized and keep that thing going on that you cannot have victory over no matter how hard you try. And, you know, you wonder, why is it? What, what's good of being a Christian? I do everything I'm supposed to do, and I can't I can't overcome this. I pray. I fast. I read my Bible. I hang around with good people, but I cannot get free of this thing. That's a demon. Yeah. For real. What are demons? They are disembodied spirits that seek opportunity to oppress, torment, invade, or destroy. The Bible calls that giving place, too. In John 10, 9 through 10, I am the door, Jesus said. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal kill and destroy that's that's the description of demonic forces that maraud people's lives and maraud nations as we're seeing today and this is the description of his nature the word saved in that context means to keep safe and sound to rescue from danger or destruction to rescue one from injury or peril, to save a suffering one from perishing, one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue. That is a description of the word saved in the New Testament. So it covers everything. That's God's will and desire for you. Are you saved? All of you let me know. Are you saved? Yes. yes. Are you born again? Yes. Then you're saved. That means that God is is you have a rescue from danger or destruction. You have you you have a, a to be saved from suffering, from perishing, from suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health. To preserve one from danger. or in destruction to save or rescue. So do a word study on the word saved. It will give you great comfort. That's what Jesus has done for you. We cannot fully know the peace of God and the fullness of freedom. Salvation is brought to us until we are delivered from these hindering spirits. Deliverance is a manifestation of the kingdom of God confronting darkness to bring its total defeat. Every believer needs to come to Jesus and know him as deliverer. I I want to tell you some of the most loving experiences you can have is knowing Jesus as deliverer. I say that out of my own experience, I will never forget it, where he delivered me from so much fear and torment. I never knew love like that. I never knew love like that until I met Jesus as deliverer. So no, tonight we're going to choose life and the goodness of God. We're repenting and changing our mind from any of these things, any things that God's been dealing with you on. It's time for you to change your mind and repent. That's what that means. God, I'm changing my mind. I'm gi- I'm going to give in. I'm going to give up on holding on to this thing and make excuses and trying to hide it, because you're not going to hide it from God. You're not. Maybe to your friends, but not from the Lord. So you're just, you're wasting your time. Okay. Come to Jesus and know him as Savior and Lord. So I, some of you here, I don't know who here does not know Jesus as Savior, but I want to know if there is anyone here. And what I want to do is I just want to say a prayer that all of us can say. And any of you that this is for you, after, after the service, I want you to come up and, and talk to one of the pastors or the ministers. And the church has something for you to help you in your walk with the Lord. So pray with me out loud, will you? Lord Jesus, I give my heart and my life to you. And I thank you for shedding your blood at the cross for me. You forgive me all my sins. I turn from sin to you. I will follow you, Lord, and put your word in my heart. I choose life. Thank you for living in my heart now. I am part of the family of God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a song, John. Do you want me to pray over them first? Okay. I'm going to do one more thing before we turn this over to Pastor John or the ministry team. We're going to have the ministry team come up with with the song, but let me just pray over you, okay? I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. God's anointing is in this place to make some changes, okay? So, Father God, I want to thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you that your power is here that you are working mighty, mightily in our lives and bringing signs, wonders, and miracles. Now I'm coming against right now and I'm breaking and I'm taking authority over every generational curse, off of everyone in this room, off of their families. I command every generational curse, every, every familiar spirit, in Jesus name, I rebuke you and I command you to come out of God's people, come out of their families. I break your power and I say, our heritage is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not belong to a generation that had failure and 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 brokenness. We belong to the health and the wholeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So all you devils that have tormented any of the people here through, through a generational curse, All of you familiar spirits, you come out and you leave the people now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com